people you mentor have a sense of loyalty because you've invested in them almost on a personal, professional level. So the first time a, a slightly better position becomes available or or whatever, they actually, you know, they may be able to find another job that's going to pay them a couple of, uh, uh, you know, pennies more, dollars more, whatever, but they're not going to find another you potentially. Hi, welcome to another episode of Bakhtari MD. And this season, we're going to be going over Crash CEO School, where we give you all the skills you need to be a leader in your organization, be the CEO or top leader in any organization. Today, I want to talk about the top three CEO skills that I think are often underlooked. And really, I don't think anyone ever vocalizes them the way we're going to do it today. But I really have found that these three skills are skills that, if not addressed, at some point are going to have an impact in anyone's leadership role. So let's talk about number one. The number one CEO skill that I want to talk about today is actually not a skill, but a strategy, which is when you're first starting out, to seek a mentor or mentors. I find that a lot of people think being a CEO or being a leader is a soft skill, that if people just like you, if people respect you, if you're likable and get along with people, you will naturally be a good CEO. That's almost like saying, you know, if we put you in a 747 uh, at 30,000 feet in the cockpit, you're going to be able to land that plane because people like you and you're well-respected. It's not true, obviously. You're going to need some skills to land a 747. And as long as people think being a leader is just a soft skill and is just a matter of being liked or respected or having a way of talking with people, even if you're charming uh, and have a magnetic personality, there are skill sets you need, still need to be an effective CEO. And we can talk about those, but number one, how do you acquire them? Well, you can acquire them by making mistake after mistake until you figure out, oh my goodness, you know, there's a different way to do this. Or you can find a mentor. And I, and I think it is a humbling experience when you're already in a leadership role to seek out people who are also leaders, but maybe a little further ahead than you, and literally ask them for advice, uh, ask them to almost be like an apprentice, uh, ask to spend time with them, maybe even follow them around, attend some conferences with them, and really understand how they manage crises, how they manage certain situations. You know, I often found that when I was, when I had mentors that I respected and when I was trying to acquire leadership skills, I found that even the idle chatter of some of my mentors uh, meant something to me, that I could learn something from even the idle chatter, how, how they would you know, handle themselves in a board meeting, how they would handle themselves when a vendor uh, was approaching them with something that they didn't agree with. Even the idle chatter of a mentor can help you, especially when you're first starting out. 
And I think this is something that people don't understand because being a CEO and being a leader requires some very surgical skills. Um, for example, one of the skills I learned early on from my mentors is how to calibrate what I say depending on who I'm talking to. You know, so if I'm trying to say three the same thing to three different people, I'm going to serve it up potentially differently based on what I already know about the person, their personality, their persona. And understanding how to do that, often you just have to see it. I think being a CEO, there is a part of it where you literally need to do an apprenticeship where you actually watch the other person and how they handle a very tough situation, maybe a situation where the situation is inflammatory or heated, uh, or sometimes even how they handle humorous or light occasions, and to see their range of responses to uh, different crises in their organizations or even even good things that are happening in their organization, how they digest it, how they absorb it. So finding your mentors really initially should be on the top of your list. Now, the one thing I do want to comment about finding mentors is you can certainly find the wrong mentors. So you you have to really seek out people who you really respect and they are at the top of their game and have a lot of integrity. Um, and you have to be really careful because I think a lot of people equate people who've been successful by any means as someone they should emulate. Uh, and that can actually work against you. So you, obviously you want to find mentors that not only teach you these skill sets, but have the same level of integrity, uh, honesty, dedication, and hard work. Uh, because there are some people who are successful almost by luck, and somehow they just happen to be in the right place at the right time, and they were a success. That doesn't necessarily mean they're a great leader or they're someone that's going to be able to teach you a lot of skills that you're going to need to do it the right way. Yes, I, I guess anyone could get lucky just like that person or be in the right place. But as a strategy, being lucky is not a good strategy. Obviously, it helps, but you don't want to rely on just being in the right place at the right time. I think you want to do the hard work necessary. Obviously, that other stuff helps too, but count on having hard work, dedication, and acquiring these skills these skills to get you where you want to be. Okay, the second skill, or let's call it strategy, that, that I think is really important in any leader or CEO is to spend time mentoring your leaders. It's also, it's almost like the reverse of what I said in number one. Number one, you want to find mentors, but number two, you need to be men a mentor to your senior staff. And by this, I mean not simply give orders or direction, but you need to mentor them and micro-mentor them and get involved in their leadership rise and their skill sets. A lot of times, I think people think mentoring someone is simply having a talk with them once a week or whatever. But the kind of mentoring, which I call micro-mentoring, is to sit down and say, Let, you know what, if you don't mind, let's review the emails you're, you've been getting. Let's review how you've been responding. You know, Let me sit in on some of these meetings. If you have a tough client that you need to talk to, let me sit in and you know, sometimes even let me show you how I handle it or you sit in on my meetings and see how I handle it. You know, it's like in the old thing when somebody wanted to be an apprentice in any kind of 
uh, field, whether it was in making jewelry or a horseshoe or whatever, you literally had to stand next to the person and watch them for six months or a year and then slowly do it. It's the same kind of thing when you're mentoring other people in your organizations. A lot of it has to do with telling your senior leadership, hey, I'm going to be making some calls this afternoon. Why don't you sit in and hear the conversation? Uh, I'm going to be going to a few meetings. I'm going on a business trip that might be very interesting. Come with me, uh, even though this is not really what you're involved in right now, but just see the kind of challenges that occur at these meetings, how you respond when people are you know, happy with you, not happy with you, uh, or have complaints, don't have complaints, want to do more business with you, and watch how we calibrate and how we respond to them. Now, I have to be honest with you, this type of micro-mentoring your senior leaders has a lot of upfront cost and a lot of upfront time because you don't have to do this and you could just give them direction and hope they learn it. If you do invest the time, what I have found is that these people will become the leaders of tomorrow. And they're actually in the long run going to save you a lot more time than you invested in, in them initially. Because what will happen is they will eventually be able to take things off your plate and you will eventually be able to delegate a lot more to people that you've actually mentored and have an, have an idea of not only the things you've taught them, but your style, how you approach things. And they will probably be better at pushing forth your agenda if they've spent a lot of time with you and seen how you deal with things. So yes, there's a lot, a lot of upfront cost, but the payout is huge. In the, and also as a side benefit, I have found that people you mentor have a sense of loyalty because you've invested in them almost on a personal, professional level. So the first time a, a slightly better position becomes available or, or whatever, they actually, you know, they may be able to find another job that's going to pay them a couple of, uh, uh, you know, pennies more, dollars more, whatever, but they're not going to find another you potentially. And I think that needs to be part of the equation, right? They can find another job with a few more dollars, but they can't find another you necessarily. And who wants to give up uh, this person who's invested in them, has their best interests at heart, uh, has been taking time to teach them things that otherwise they may have taken de decades to learn. And then, now, there's no guarantee. Anyone can do whatever they want. But clearly, if you invest in people, that they find value in that investment that you're putting in them. And that has to be part of the equation, not only their, how much they're financially getting compensated, uh, their benefits, but also the fact that they have someone in the organization that cares about their development, about their growth, uh, and wants success for them. And by micromanage, micromentoring, not micromanaging, but micromentoring your senior staff, you're basically communicating that you care about them, that you're rooting for their success, and that you're aligned with them. Okay, the third thing I want to talk about, which is really, I found, essential is as a leader, it's easy to have department heads, whether it's marketing, accounting, uh, business development, HR, you know, SEO department. One of the things to make you an effective leader is you don't have to run all those departments, but to whatever extent you can learn that department, even if it means spending a week or two 
in that department, learning how marketing works, learning who their vendors are, how they process things, uh, going to the you know, your Google ads department, going to your vendor relationships department, going to HR, seeing how they interview, how they hire, how they fire. The more you understand the internal workings of your company, the more leadership you can provide those people within those departments. I remember early on um, when I really wanted to understand certain departments in our organization, I actually used to go to their conferences. So if, if there was a marketing conference that my staff was going to, I would go to it too, and I would sit in on all the lectures. Or if there was an SEO conference, or if there was a digital marketing conference, or a vendor management conference, whatever it was, I would attend those meetings, especially early on, because the more you understand what I call sort of the subdivisions of your organization, the better decision you can make when things finally come to your level. And if you don't even know the lingo, if you don't understand the mechanics of it, yeah, then it's really a black box and you you just don't know. And often you can't really participate in leadership of that organization or that part of the organization when they reach out to you for a critical decision. Again, this is probably like the other item where you're, it's going to like take a lot of your time initially, but it will help you understand that field. It will help you figure out who to promote in that division, who not to promote, who to change, uh, what tools to give them, what makes sense, what software they need. Uh, how do you say yes or no to this or that? for that department if you yourself are not intimately familiar. On some level, you have to become an expert somewhat on every department in your organization with you know within reason. Obviously, you know, you you're not gonna learn uh, everything about the IT aspects of your company, but broadly speaking, you you should be familiar with some of, of what goes on in those departments and what their issues are. And yeah, attend their meetings, attend their conferences, you know, ask to be copied on emails because even even following the the idle chatter of emails going back and forth in the department gives you a window. And sometimes you can actually intervene because not only do you know that department, but you have more of a satellite perspective of where the organization wants to go. And what may sound good within a department right, may not be actually good for the whole organization. So by you also knowing what goes on inside a department, but also having the satellite view of the whole organization, you can give that department perspective, right? So they could there could be a department where they're fighting over something that within the department makes sense, but it won't materially matter to the organization, let's say. And then you can step in and say, listen, at the end of the day, none of that matters because we're actually, the company's going in a different direction anyway, based on what I just found out, blah, blah, blah. I think you get what I'm, what I'm saying. Within every department, things may seem important or crucial, but you're the one with the satellite view of where the organization's going, where you're pivoting, where you're not pivoting to, uh, vendors you may be letting go, new clients you may be getting, new clients you may be losing. Within those departments, they may not have that perspective, but by you being part of the discussion, even within those departments, you can add color and texture to their issues. Okay, so those are the top three things. Of course, there's many more, but those are three really kind of issues, strategies, skills that um, I don't think they teach you in business school necessarily. And I don't think they're necessarily on anyone's no normal top list. But in terms of 
the maximal impact that you can have on your organization. Those three things are very, very crucial. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, As usual, please comment, like, and subscribe. It really helps the channel grow and helps um, us continue to provide even more content like this. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.